Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Strafford, Brandon Jones, Michael Palmer. And today we will talk about socio-emotional learning, SEL for short. First, Brandon, Mike, you guys doing well? Anything new in your world? Brandon, you first. Not much new in my world, although I think in listening to uh, to last week's pod, I think I, um, I've i been talking about Spanish salt. And yes. it's, I really meant French salt. Well, I was thrown out because that, that French salt is is sell. sell. Mm-hmm. I think it's Spanish. I don't speak Spanish in, as as evidenced by that comment. In Spanish, it's so I don't know something like that. Something like that. S A L. I think. I think we're supposed to sound really smart at the top of the show. Work on this. Yeah. This is well. Look, I'm I'm I'm. I think being introspective, being reflective. This is a listening to your own body of work. Twenty first century skill. This it sure is showing flexibility of thought. Yeah. Yeah. He did I'm, his I'm, cognitive I don't get yoga. Emotional about no, it. No, just stay social. Yeah, stay social and learn. <laughs> That's how I am, Dan. Mike, how about yourself? Anything new in your world before we get started here? Uh, no, I'm excited about this one. I'm uh, trying to get in touch with my uh, the emotional side, so I'm going to try to be a little more authentic and vulnerable and human on this uh, this particular episode. Well, gentlemen, it's been a long time, but we have a quiz on hey. tap. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so a definition here of the quiz, Robert Plutchik's psychoevolutionary theory of emotion is one of the most influential classification approaches for general emotional responses. He considered there to be eight primary emotions. Gentlemen, I will now quiz you on how well you know emotions. Mm. I will give you the definition. You need to tell me what emotion it is. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. It's got to be anger, right? It's fine with me. Anger is correct. Yes. A feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Is it also a dishwashing liquid? And it is also a Jennifer Lawrence film. Is it? Is uh, it joy? Palm olive. Yeah, joy. Palm olive. Yeah. That was good. Joy is correct. A feeling or showing of sorrow. Unhappy. Sadness. Sadness is correct. Let's see. An unexpected or astonishing event, fact or thing. Uh, I'm I'm surprise. Surprise like, is correct. I feel like there should be. So I, I've been um, unnaturally quiet. Is uh, my my one emotional state is confused. Uh, I feel like some of these things could be other things, though. They are, and and so I, I would agree. And uh, you uh, get a pass here, Brandon. Uh, this is based off of those eight emotional uh, emotions, though. So there is a, a guardrail herein that you guys were not aware of before we started this quiz. Just so to clarify, Dan, is there a single credited answer? And we've been hitting the we. Single? Not what do you mean we? We we're a big team. Yeah, it's a big it's the royal we. Yeah, you you've you've gotten every single one right thus far. Nailed them. Nailed them. And hopefully we're not going too quick for our listeners. I don't believe so. Our listeners are, are, are quick to, to the buzzer in their trivia games. Yeah. All right. Let's see. A distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, etc. I have a clue on this one as well. Oh, we got to get the clue. Yeah. What's the clue? It's there? also a Mark Wahlberg film. Is it also a Robert De Niro film with a cape in front of it? Correct. And yes. is it also a Robert Mitchum film with a cape in front of it? Also correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I. So this one's fear. So I. I feel like I went. This, one, this one's. It's dread, right? Judge. No, 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 judge no, no, dread. Judge dread is correct. Yeah, yes. Dread. That's no, right. Fear. I am the law. It's fear. 
Yeah. I feel like I, y'all were talking like reds and blues and yellows. Yeah. And I was talking, I was saying like purples and oranges. Sure. I'm out in the, I'm out in the complex. Yeah. Inter emotional yeah. fields. For sure, man. You're, yeah. we're playing, we're playing checkers and you're playing Parcheesi. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with yeah. You. I'm with it you. ain't easy. <laughs> Feeling Parcheesi. Keep, keep it Parcheesi. Yeah. Folks. All right. A prior action that takes into account or forestalls, uh, forestalls a later action. A prior action that forestalls a later action? That is the definition I have. I'm just going to confirm a, a secondary uh, definition here just to make sure uh, I can get you a second one, a clue. Like avoidance or something? Expectation or prediction is a, a secondary or some synonyms. Uh, keep keep hope alive is this hope it is not hope i have no idea like i'm totally i feel like i'm i'm not uh, like i you need to bring in some other talent for this pod because if we're talking about these emotions from these descriptions well not specifically these just the, the teaching they're there's in no, there's, there's should we no... go back to anger that's what i'm saying <laughs> get that one now anticipation anticipation oh. mm. that's really one of the eight primary emotions according to uh this study herein by uh robert plutchicks psychoevolutionary theory true he googled this pretty hard google yeah. told us yeah uh final one yet? how many more do we have Dave? last one okay firm belief in the reliability truth ability or strength of someone or something confidence there is synonym for Mm. Conviction? Mm. Belief? Yeah. Uh, I I do not know. That's not a good clue. Uh, I'm going to give you the answer because I don't have a good clue for this one. Trust. Uh, Could have gone Billy Joel, I guess. Just a matter of. But don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't have gotten there, would we? No, we All might right. have gotten there. Right. We, we wouldn't have wanted to let people know we could get there with Billy Joel, but yeah, we could probably get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after... Rob Van Winkle last week, maybe some Billy Joel this week. It's all fine. Uh, I want to broadly define social emotional learning here at the top. Uh, we have uh, a few articles that we have to reference. Um, and uh, we do have the World Economic Forum uh, post from last week from 2016 that also broadly jumps into this being a key cog to learning and for uh, the 21st century skill set being uh, largely part of social emotional learning. So to, to look at a definition uh, here from... Uh, from Google, but from the website castle.org, uh, they define uh, social-emotional learning broadly to be the process through which children and adults acquire and effectively apply the knowledge, attitudes, and skills necessary to understand and manage emotions, set and achieve positive goals, feel and show empathy for others, and establish and maintain positive relationships. Now, to define it is great, but uh, Brandon, coming to you first, we talked last week about the World Economic Forum. This is becoming more of the classroom, more of what we're teaching the whole student. Um, how long have you seen this be a change coming in, in education, sort of taking the historical view at it first before we dive into uh, what it is in the classroom now? It seems like it's been a trend that's been growing. We've seen more and more programs uh, trying to focus on the whole student. Um, and the best teachers out there have probably been doing this without fanfare for many a year, uh, really shaping students to be great people, not just great students. But how long have you seen it? What's your viewpoint on, on social-emotional learning uh, historically in the classroom? Yeah, I think that you, yeah, I'm just going to restate something that you said, um, which is the, the best teachers have been doing this for forever. I think it's um, uh, the programmatizing of it as SEL. That is a more recent trend. 
Uh, and, you know, over the past I don't know, five years, I feel like it's been picking up steam. Not that steam, not no. science, technology, although, although it'll pick engineering, up. arts, sure. and math. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's um, – uh, I think over the last several years, I, I, I mentioned in an earlier pod that I'd gone to, as the cool kids say, South by mm-hmm. uh, this year. And there was a lot of SEL. Like mm-hmm. it was, there was a lot of it and, and more so than in previous such conferences I've gone to. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's trend line is definitely up. Mm-hmm. And I think as, as we talked about in, in the, in last week's pod, I, I think that's a, that's a good thing. I mean, yeah. I think that's, uh, in addition to some of the the data that's that's cited in in the articles that we read for this pod, where um, students who'd received uh, actual training in SEL showed an eleven point improvement uh, in academic uh, uh, performance, mm-hmm. um, uh, I assume that's eleven percentage points. It's eleven on a hundred point scale. Yeah. Um, in addition to, to to showing like demonstrably better outcomes, uh, I think it's also just intuitively good for uh for for us for learners for society and uh mike as we talk about social emotional learning and we dive into uh the world economic forum uh, the articles that we saw what do you find just overall most interesting about it what what do you find as the topic here that that drives uh, your interest in social emotional learning in the classroom and and maybe even the future of work well, we talked about it a little bit, uh, talking about the future of work and how uh, character traits can actually be taught. Uh, and we talk about growth mindset uh, pretty much every episode. Um, I thought that was interesting. I thought like even in one of these articles, uh, they're teaching uh, high school students how to how to shake hands effectively. Mm. And I thought, that was pretty interesting to me that like you can break it down and they're basically like, you want to get webbing to webbing uh, when you're, you're doing a handshake and you don't want to squeeze too hard in the thumbs, not in the fingers. Hey, well, and, and if you happen to be uh, aquatic in nature, right. uh, it's a lot easier, Yeah, you know, but, uh, but I thought it was interesting that they were trying to break down something that typically is not verbalized and like described, get very descriptive and behavioral around, what will make you uh, 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 make people respond to you better. And um, I think I found that most interesting. I think that's what I keep gravitating to more and more of late is how things that maybe I thought were just innate and sort of we're going to develop however you would develop over your life cycle could actually be we could accelerate the development. We could help people develop skills or competencies or even character, character traits that traditionally were not thought of as teachable. Mm. I find that really fascinating because I think it opens up entire, entirely new realms of uh, instructional design and curricula that we could develop to help people um, become better collaborators, better it's, communicators. It's hum- human engineering, actually, in a way, yeah. right? So yeah. it's, uh, which I think is... Um, uh, there's a lot of promise in thinking that some of the things that we thought were innate, which there's a ton of research that suggests that this is true, mm-hmm. uh, are not in fact innate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think that's um, uh, that should be uplifting to to really to everybody. Yeah. Uh, and we've talked a lot about grit and about having growth mindset uh, mm-hmm. in, in past pods. But I, I think this is uh, though this is all sort of in that same stew, like that you can change and that you can be really purposeful about how you build curricula, et cetera, around mm-hmm. this human engineering, I think is, is, is pretty neat. I also thought it was cool. I agree. I also thought it was cool. Like the, 
the handshake example is very much like a hack and mm. the idea of like, like learn hacks, you know, like simple techniques that people can learn that will then change how they're perceived by others, for example. And it's, and I think many of us have a mindset that thinks that we behave in a certain way. And that's almost even how we think about who we are, but then understanding that at the end of the day, that's really behavioral and it, you could tweak and adjust and change your perception uh, and how others perceive you. I, I actually found that to be really fascinating. Yeah. A, a thing I, I liked um, in a, a moment of levity. So this, this, this uh, space is just ripe with uh, uh, acronyms mm. and initialisms. Mm -hmm. So we've got cell, which you talked about. So castle uh, is uh, maybe different than what Danny, you were mentioning before, but this um, collaborative for academic, social and emotional learning castle uh, was working in this. This is an article from, from the Atlantic that, that uh, the three of us read uh, was working uh, with in, in intensities. It started in 2012. Uh, including uh, Cleveland, shout out for Cleveland. I saw that. Yeah. Yes. Did you see that? I yeah. saw that. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Yeah. Uh, and then Austin, which is the place that the um, reporter uh, author of this article had, had gone, mm -hmm. where he was working with a um, or observing a teacher who has a program called MAPS, mm -hmm. which is Methods for Academic and Personal Success. And in that class, you know what they were working on? Mm -mm. Maps. Maps. Oh. Yeah, I know. I love that. That was yeah. my, that was really good. That's pretty meta. They were building not not world maps, but but personal journey maps, uh, which yep. is you know yep. in yep. keeping with these methods for academic and personal success. Mm -hmm. um, it was pretty. The, the article talks about uh, uh, a couple of students who had uh, had this kind of intervention, maybe strong language, but uh, had this experience in ninth grade. And had changed the trajectory of uh, of where they were going. One ended up being the valedictorian of this high school. Mm -hmm. uh, another was in the top two percent of his class. Um, so I, I, I think uh, I went from from light to back to heavy. Yeah, uh, but yeah. uh, there's some fun with language. There is, and some fun with life for sure. And mostly acronyms. Acronyms and backronyms in this mix. Yes, very few pure initialisms. If you don't know what those things are, you got to go check yeah. the, the check the back catalog. Check the back catalog. Yeah, yeah. Check not the, the glossary. glossary. There it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, definitely, uh, definitely check the glossary. But like maps, yeah, that's an acronym for sure. And they probably wanted it to. It's not an acronym though. It's not appropriate. Like it's just if, coincidentally if map. Coincid it's a coincidental uh, yeah, acronym. Could be. Yeah. There you go. Daniel? Well, I, I have to admit, I, I have a front row seat to social emotional learning, something my wife does and, and working for the company she does. What I love about this genre or this, uh, you know, curriculum uh, based social emotional learning is is they're reaching students at a variety of ages and using different mechanisms to get to students, whether it's, you know, a, the handshake, you know, talking about things they can use in the classroom or um, how to utilize um, anger or the emotions you have and how to actually recognize them and deal with them via um, stuffed animals or, or stories or whatever it may be for younger kids. And, and they grow uh, along with the students as it becomes more and more part of everyday classroom one of the articles pointed Mike to technology being a great part of it and technology potentially being a hindrance to it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound necessarily like that teacher had a growth mindset where, where they felt as though technology could, could hinder it. But do you see uh, these feel like two things to me that, that can live 
harmoniously together as, as things move forward. Do you see any tension between ed tech and social emotional learning as these two move forward? Yes, I do. Uh, would you like me to talk? About I, I would love for you to okay. uh, expand. Because uh, I, I think getting back to the example of the handshake, uh, actually, just first as, as, as a moment, uh, a slight aside there, when you were talking about socio-emotional learning and you were like, and I have the opportunity of having a front row seat with my wife. And I thought you were going to be like, who's taught me <laughs> yeah. feel emotions. I thought this was his Oscar speech. I was like, oh, yeah, man, man making us look bad. But, uh, but I thought it's like the, the handshake's a good example. And it gets back to, I know I've been dropping the tactile reassurance. I'll stop, uh, I'll stop maybe never. 2018. But the, but the idea of being in the same physical location and being able to kind of like connect as, you know, uh, I, I think the, the idea of a shared experience existing within the same physical space is something that we are naturally wired to experience. So I think you're naturally going to have a stronger emotional reaction when someone's proximal to you, someone's like physically in the same place, you can touch them. I think technology is evolving to the point where telepresence and holograms and virtual conferencing and all this other technology is evolving to the point where it's becoming less and less critical. But I do think like building trust and building sort of those fundamental connections, uh, particularly in early childhood, I think some of that will be difficult to translate to like distance learning and uh, things that are not physically in the same place. The flip side of that though, uh, and something we've talked about a bit in terms of the future of the classroom, is that when technology is really an aid to the physical environment, um, I think you can actually do a lot uh, and you could do things like, uh, you know, in, uh, in a pre-K experience, you could allow kids to actually see their parents, you know, and, and allow them to have that emotional experience or, or allow them to like see a, see a video of something that, that their, that their, their mom or their dad recorded for them. And things like that, I think are, uh, really only limited in how we want to leverage the capabilities that are coming online. So I think when you start to think about SEL, I think there are both challenges and opportunities when it comes to, to technology. Uh, but the, the most primary one, I think, is when you're not physically in the same place. Um, I think there's some basic emotional stuff that's harder to get at. Brendan, how about yourself? Do you see challenges here for social emotional learning, taking the, the steps forward and becoming part of, I'll say, you know, common practice in classrooms? I think we're there already, or at least getting close to it, where we are seeing a, a big uh, focus on SEL. But do you see challenges for the whole student approach to teaching that, that could derail this sort of movement from being uh, adopted widely across the country? Yeah, I think that the there's an implementation fidelity issue that... Um, I mean, it's probably true with everything, but uh, if you just hear that this works and decide to implement it in a way that is unproven to work, you know, just having something that says SEL as part of a curriculum in K twelve space, that's not sufficient. Um, and uh, and I, I think there is a risk as things get implemented more widely uh, with more uh, pockets of poor implementation fidelity mm -hmm. that has the risk of then when in those places it doesn't work, you know, when there's a, 
you know, something tragic that happens in a classroom where this was being taught and uh, that becomes newsworthy and says, you know, hey, is this really working? Mm -hmm. uh, not that that couldn't happen where it was implemented well, but I, I think that that is a risk of um, uh, widespread, uh, this catches on broadly, not implemented well in some places that then picking up, getting, either getting into the numbers that suggest maybe it, you know, uh, uh, diminishes those those gains, the demonstrable, quantifiable performance gains, and or you know has a, a sort of newsworthy incident where it's not where there isn't good demonstration of that learning. I think that that's the kind of risk. Yep. Uh, but done well, I think it should. I, I'm I'm bullish on it. Well, uh, talked about uh, buying and selling and holding. I, I would I would buy on uh, on sell. Yeah, I think I think you make a great point. Did you get that? that I, well, yeah. Yeah. well done. Yeah. I, I, this, at, that was for me. I think you made a very <laughs> clever point. Thanks. Uh, that I agree with, uh, particularly around the the risk of poor delivery of socio-emotional learning. Like you could act when people are vulnerable, they're more at risk, and if it's done badly, it can actually lead in a bad uh, direction. Right. And then we're also asking for different competencies from our teachers. Right. We're like you actually need to be more emotionally intelligent as a teacher to be effective at it. And a lot of our, you know, some of our teachers are really more focused on the cognitive side. So um, I, in addition to the clever wordplay, I thought you had a nice point. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Uh, the, a couple of things there. It is interesting to think about this uh, along lines of assessments. Like how do we assess the quality of work here and how do we go about understanding whether numerically or anecdotally, how do we go about that? And uh, Mikey hit on the other one, uh, a shout out to my wife and what she does is a lot of professional development for teachers mm -hmm. to develop their own social emotional learning to make sure that they are able to not only teach a curriculum, but also show that curriculum, be, be a part of the process in, in teaching the kids uh, that they are teaching on what to learn. Uh, it's a broad topic and one that is going to develop, I think, over time and, and continue to be part of what we talk about here. I think one of the interesting things in the Atlantic article was that even in the math and science classrooms, students are encouraged to use their social emotional learnings like cooperation and collaborative uh, work and perseverance and reminding them of that is really reinforcing it and, and probably making the better classroom experience for social emotional learning. Mike, as we close out the podcast, any other thoughts or, or uh, maybe future uh, look at where you think social emotional learning goes and, and how this develops further uh, in the classroom? I think we're going to see significant advancements in virtual hugs. I think virtual hugs are going to get more and more better. Uh, and I think you'll be able to carry, you'll be able to carry a, a hug in your pocket. <laughs> patent pending, patent pending. Yeah. But Brandon, how about yourself? I don't think I could follow virtualhugs.com. Um, no, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really optimistic about the long-term impacts of this. You know, as we started at the top of the show, uh, parents and teachers and coaches and people in your communities, community leaders have been doing this. Like that's, this is this is part of what we have done in in you know becoming the society that we are through generations upon generations. Just just doing it in a programmatic, deliberate way. I, I think um, I'm I'm optimistic about where that'll lead us. Great episode, guys, as always, and we'll be back with you next week with more on trending in education. In the time till then, you can check us out on Twitter. It's at Trending in Ed on Facebook. It's at Trending in as well. It's trendinged.com. Check out that glossary. Brandon loves it. He has uh, 
sanctioned it and said that it's the best glossary ever. So with that said, we'll catch you next time right here on Trending in Education. <laughs>